and welcome to this special episode. This episode, yes, is Lessons Learned for 2019. We can't really start the year 2020 or 2020 as it's being referred to until we actually look back at the lessons that we've actually learned throughout 2019. Because once we look at those lessons that we've learned, then what? We move on, don't we? We move on, we start planning for, for 2020. And, and Welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is build the strength and courage in you to accomplish your big dreams and goals in your sport. No longer will you feel limited. You won't feel you're not good enough. You won't question whether you will make it. Those doubts will disappear because you will have the competitive edge over your opponents and leave them in your wake. And the bonus is others will notice. Listen up and take notes because I will show you exactly how to do it. Hey there, this is Tiff from Tiffany Micah Podcast and welcome to this special episode. This episode, yes, is Lessons Learned for 2019. We can't really start the year 2020 or 2020 as it's being referred to until we actually look back at the lessons that we've actually learned throughout 2019. Because once we look at those lessons that we've learned, then what? We move on don't we we move on we start planning for for 2020 and as you've heard me talk about in the last few episodes I'm talking about we're going to actually plan not only for 2020 but we're actually going to set ourselves up to plan for the next decade and then we'll we'll do this year of 2020. So what I want to share with you today is these 10 lessons that I've learned for for 2019. I've pulled out the best ones, most impactful lessons. There's plenty of of lessons that we learn each day. There's plenty of lessons we learn each week, each month, each quarter, each six months, each year and so on. There's a lot. But what I wanted to do here was to pick out the main ones. So I've got 10 here that I want to share with you what I believe was my, were probably my most 10 important lessons of learning for 2019 that I can take with me into the year 2020 and beyond. And some of the lessons may resonate for you, but this is about me sharing this with you only so that it's impactful for you and also that you're thinking about, well, okay, Tiff's sharing the lessons that she's learned over these last 12 months. What are the lessons that I've learned? Because I really want to hear what those lessons are. So let's get started. Lesson one, signed up for learning. So I believe it's really important to keep learning because it's easy to be complacent. It's easy to stay in your comfort zone, but we really need to keep learning because what it does, it helps with growth. 
And when you learn something new, your eyes open to a new way of thinking, to, to a new way of doing, to a new way of being. And I know at times I can actually be quite arrogant with things, especially my mindset around sport, mindset around nutrition, health, training, and so on, because I've been doing it for such a long time. But I do notice that when I become quite arrogant about about it, when you know people start talking to me about it that haven't been in the industry as long as I have been, or haven't um, you know they've had a, a like an a, an awakening into something about fitness or health or so on, especially I get quite arrogant. So the lesson that that I've learned here is to be open to what other people have to say. Keep learning. Keep listening to what other people have to say, even if you just pick up one thing. So in this this key lesson of, of being signed up for learning, it's really to ensure that we keep learning, we keep striving, we keep trying new things, we keep trying to improve what we're doing. Because even if we just pick up one thing, it will be worth it. And it could be the thing that changes everything for you. So I want you to be open to learning, be open to uh, using the information that you learn because it will impact, it will help you really get to where you want to go if you are open to it. Number two, got to pay your dues. And what I mean by that is you've got to learn. You've got to do the work. You've got to be patient. You've got to learn the lessons you are being taught. And you just keep going. And golf as a sport and the sport that you play, if you really look at the sport, sport is like that. I see golf as a massive analogy for life. And so what happens is when people take up a sport, especially as adults, when, you, when you're a junior, if you're listening to me and you're a junior and you're a teenager, early 20s and so on, you're still working on striving to be who you want to be. What happens is you become uh, an adult, you know, and you, you start learning all these lessons along the way. What starts to happen is that you expect that you should be able to do it all the next day okay, I'm going to learn how to do this sport. I should be able to be able to turn pro the next day. That is what a lot of people don't understand is that anything that we do in life, anything that we do in sport, we've got to learn how to do it. We've got to go through the process, learn the technique, learn how to manage ourselves. There's so much involved in that. So we want to decide what you want to do, but then what we then want to do from that point is once we've decided what we want to do, then the second day is that we want to make sure that we want it to happen and how are we going to make it happen? Because one day you wake up and you think, okay, well, I'm going to uh, learn golf, for example. And then the next day I should be able to do it. Well, things just don't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. 
you learn the skills, you do the practice, you go onto the field, the court, the course, you implement those skills, you're learning them, right? You're just learning the skills. Then you compete and you compete in competitions. Then you learn how to have to manage yourself or manage your mindset when you compete. Learning how to stay calm, learning how to breathe, learning how to focus, learning how to control your emotions, learning how to compete under pressure. There's a lot that you have to do and there's a lot that you have to learn. So you have to learn all of this. You have to pay your dues. That was the most important lesson that I learned years ago from when I took up golf and my coach said to me, you got to, you got to pay your dues. I'm like, I don't need to pay my dues. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a tennis player. I've been there. I've pursued a professional tennis career. I can do it, but not new sport. Put your learner's cap on, pay your dues in everything that you do. Life is constantly paying your dues. Why do you find so much older people of giving you a lot more advice when you're younger? Because they've been there and they've done it. But you've got to go through the process too. But if you listen, if you listen and you're open to what people have to say, you can get there a lot quicker. Okay? Don't let the arrogance take over. So you've got to pay your dues. Number three, be patient. Things don't happen as quick as we all want them to. So you're chasing these goals and chasing goals is absolutely epic, especially the big ones. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of planning. Then you've got to action these goals. You've got to execute the plan. But some of those epic goals and even the smaller ones just don't happen as fast as we want them to. And the reason for that is, is that we have to learn a process along the way. We have to learn a process that we have to follow. And those famous lessons that we learn along the way, what to do and what not to do, we've got to go through that process. And I always say it's like playing a golf hole. So you're standing on the tee, you see the flag, so you can see where you want the ball to go. And all you want to do is hit the ball straight down there. But if you think about it, there's a series of processes that you have to take to get the ball into the hole. Because you may actually hit the ball when you're standing on the tee into the trees. Ball didn't come off straight off the club face the way you wanted it to. Then you've ended up having to zigzag your way down the fairway. So you hit from one tree to another straight across the fairway until you might finally make it on the green. Yet you still haven't got the ball in the hole. You've still got to get the ball in there. So you might be on the green finally, but there might be a few more shots that you have to actually produce in order to get the ball into the hole. And as frustrating as it is, we have to be patient. We have to breathe. We have to learn the process. We have to learn that process that's actually going to give us that winning formula to actually get there, the secret code. So we have to ensure that we're patient because our impatience will be our downfall. So when you are doing something, when you are pursuing something, 
one shot at a time. A, a good friend of mine, her and I, we talk quite a lot. She learns golf from me as well, but we talk quite a lot. And all you can do is play that first shot. All you can do is play that next shot. All you can do is play that shot after that. Yep, plan your little heart out. Have a game plan in place. This is where you want to go. But when you're actioning, you have to play one shot at a time. Therefore, you have to be patient. Because if you are impatient, that's when the mistakes happen. So the key here is be patient. Number four, be a listener, not a talker. (laughs) I don't know about you, but my family do not listen. My whole family. My husband's great. He's good. He, He listens quite a lot. He's been in the sales industry for a long time, so he understands that. My family, love them to death, love them dearly, but they all talk over the top of each other. I don't know about what your family's like, but my family do not listen to each other at all. All, they, all they're keen to do is to, to tell you what they think and they speak over the top of you in the process. Incredible. And there's so many out there in the world who just want to talk and they just talk at you. It's my family. They just talk at you. They have a lot to say. And when they, they do have a lot to say, a lot of people have a lot to say, but a lot of the time, if you actually really listen to what they have to say, a lot of the time they're actually just talking about themselves or they bring the conversation back to themselves. Yep. You know what? I do it too because we, we draw comparisons and there are a lot of people who don't like that free air, you know, that free space of, they feel like they have to fill a void and they have to just keep talking. But the thing is, is that you don't learn as much when you talk as when you listen. You learn way more when you listen. When you listen or even observe, you will learn so much more about the person that you're with. My husband always says, says this, especially about my dad. I love him. I love him so much, my dad, but he doesn't listen. He just talks. He thinks about what he's going to tell you. He appears to be listening, but he thinks about what he's going to say to you. We're given one mouth and two ears for a reason. There's a clue, isn't there? Listen more, speak less. And I'm not saying never talk because you you do want to be involved in conversations, but ask really valuable questions. Like there was a, was my dad's birthday yesterday and the day I'm actually recording this and uh, one of his mates that was there he had has had such an interesting life I just fired questions at him my dad wanted to say things all the time I was like no dad let me listen to what is being said here because I found it incredibly fascinating ask more questions because they will teach you so much more you will learn so much more it's fascinating When you start asking people a lot of questions, be curious. Be the listener, not the talker. (music) 
Number five, the power of outcomes. This has been an absolute game changer for me this year. And when I discovered this power of outcomes, this was when I started to really accomplish the goals, the bigger goals sooner and was able to stay more focused on the goals I was after. And I did that through a course that I did in 2019. When you set outcomes, you are setting the results already achieved. So sometimes you'll hear me in other episodes talk about outcomes or you'll talk about I'll talk about results. What we're doing here is we're actually setting the results that we've already want to achieve. Just looking at it in a different way. So you have this goal, I want to be a professional athlete. What if you had this outcome or this result? I am a professional athlete. And then you had all these processes in place on how you become that professional athlete. Because when you set the results of already achieved, then you devise the plans on achieving those results. So if we think of it this way, so instead of thinking of setting goals, what you'd like to accomplish, you are setting outcomes in your mind, what you have already achieved. It's like you are telling your brain that it's already happened. Because when you do that, what happens is that the plans start to unfold. The action steps start to unfold and are created and show you how to make it happen. Sounds very simple, doesn't it? But that's really the power. Everything that we do is mindset. So we have to look at it in a different way. What are the results that you have already achieved? It's so simple. It's as simple as just focusing. Because what it does is it gets you to focus on what needs to be done when you set those outcomes. So that was a, that's a really powerful one. That, that one for me probably would be the biggest the biggest impact that's had on me is, is for 2019 is the power of outcomes. Number six, crafting structure. Having structure is how you get things done. When you have structure, it's much easier to take control of your goals. The structure helps you maintain focus. It gives you discipline. It provides you with a framework, a plan to assist you to accomplish the actions or the action steps you want to do throughout the day. Because what I find is if there's no structure, there's no framework in place, you can get easily distracted, which therefore gives you what? No focus, no discipline. You drift or you react to from thing to thing governed by what happens next. And it's like a pinball machine. If you know what a pinball machine is, that's, you know, you've got a, a ball, you fling it up on into the table and it's ding, 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 Right. And, and you're being flicked from, from thing to thing around the, the pinball table, reacting 
Oh, well, oh, I've hit this spot. Now I'm going to go to that spot. Oh, I've hit that spot. I'm going to go to that spot. Ding, 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 ding. You're not in control. There's no structure there. You're being dictated by something else. You're reacting to something else. So what we need to ensure is that we have structure. And that was another big thing that, that uh, made a massive difference. I love structure. I thrive on structure. Structure gives me the control. What I believe is structure equals control. Number seven, game plans. I wish I knew about game plans at the age of 19. Having game plans in place of what to do gives you a path. And game plans, what I mean here for game plans is plans for the year, plans for the quarter, plans for the month, plans for the week, plans for the day. can sound exhausting when I'm saying that. They don't have to be complete detail and it takes you like 10 hours to prepare a plan each time you get set you could do it in five minutes but anything that we do or everything that we do especially when we're working on those goals that we want to accomplish we need to have a game plan a game plan in place because it gives us discipline it gives us structure And the big thing is focus. Focus is incredibly important. This is where people lack. They lack focus. Everyone's so easily distracted. Everyone's so much governed by their mobile phone now. It's incredible. I watch Observe, right, like I was talking about in one of the other lessons about not talking and about listening and observing. Now, I'm on my phone a lot too. I'm very well aware of that. But what is so interesting is that if a text message comes in, oh, everyone stops. Got to stop, stop walking in the street. Got to check that text message. Yep, I'm guilty of it as well. Incredible though. Absolutely incredible. I'm getting off the off the off the plan of what I was going to talk about with game plans. But but the thing is, is it's the lack of focus, right? We get governed by something else. So by us having game plans, we have much better focus in place, much better structure, much better discipline. So even though I'm talking about game plans here with regards to planning out the year, the quarter, the month, the day, the week, I also want you to to have in your mind while you're listening to this today is that you also have game plans in place for your sport. Right, you have a pre-game plan, what you're going to do leading up to the game. You have your, your competitive game plan, what you're actually going to do when you compete. You have your post-game plan, what you're going to do when you're finished competing. You have a training game plan. Because when you have game plans in place, it helps keep you focused on what needs to be done. And if the game plan doesn't work, because you're probably saying, Tiff, oh, well, what happens if the game plan's not working? Well, we learn from it. We've got something to learn from. We make changes. It, yes, it's going to be trial and error. But we have something that we can visually see, our plan. No, 
none of that sort of stuff works when we go through the plan. Okay, let's change it. Let's try something else. It will be trial and error, but game plans are incredibly important and impactful. Keeps that focus, keeps that structure, and keeps that discipline. Number eight, the magic unfolds when you take action. So, yep, it's great to have plans in place. Yep, it's great to have structure and control. Yep, it's great to have outcomes. But unless you take the action, nothing will happen. Whether your game plans work or they're not working, especially the way that you would like them to work, at least you are actioning them. I want you to get that message across because some people get so fearful of making mistakes they don't actually take action. We need to take action. It's okay if there's mistakes coming along the way. It's just feedback. Because when we take action, the path starts to unfold when we take action. We discover whether things are really going to work or not going to work. And if they are working, what do we do? We continue to work on them. We continue to follow that plan. If they're not working, what do we do then? Do we give up? No way. We just change the strategy. We try something else. But the key for you here is to ensure that we take action because the path does unfold as we take action. I believe this is where the magic is is when we take action. And you're a sports person, you're an action taker, you're a doer. So get into action. Number nine, time out. As important as it is, to work on goals, as important as it is to take action, as important as it is to work your butt off, as important as it is to get up early. If you've read my book, I talk about getting up early in that, in the focus, how to reach your potential in sport, business and life, what the power of getting up early actually does. If you train your butt off, if you compete, you study everything that you do, everything that you want to become, if you do all of that and you keep working, you keep taking those actions, great. But it's also important, it's just as important to take time out because no time out equals burnout. And if you're exhausted and you keep pushing, and you keep pushing, and you keep pushing some more, at some point you are going to crack. At some point you won't be able to perform at the level that you want to. There'll be no optimum level because you won't be able to get there. You will crash and you will burn. And when you crash and burn, if you don't listen to your body and you keep fighting it, you'll get injuries. And when you get injuries, you will be forced for recovery time, whether you like it or not. 
So why not plan for it? And if you don't believe me, wait until you get to that point. I've been there many a time, many a burnout, many, many, many times. I've, I did an episode sometime last year about, about burnout and how to deal with burnout because it's a work in progress. If you've heard me talk about uh, leading up to Christmas, I kept saying, make sure you have a break. Don't keep working through it because it's just as important to take time out as it is to train. And there's a, there's a number of reasons for this. So I've got four reasons for this is why it's so important to take time out. One, overloaded mind and body. You're not going to perform at the level that you want to perform if you keep pushing through. You're not going, your, your, your body's not going to be able to function and do the, the training that, that ideally that you can do when you're in non-burnout mode. You don't want to overload your mind and body. You need to give it some time out. Number two, come up for air. By coming up for air gives you a chance to see what's going on outside your world because we can get so focused in on what we're doing. We wouldn't have a clue what goes on outside our world. And it's really good for us to have an awareness around us. I get it. I get so zoned in and so focused and like blinkered on what I'm doing. I don't come up for air because I have to make sure that that happens. Number three, reflection. Incredibly important to reflect because what we do in that time is that we can evaluate what's working and what's not working. And number four, get out of the norm. And what I mean get out of the norm Get out of your normal routine. Do some things differently. I've been doing that over this Christmas New Year period. Get out of the norm. Don't get up early, right? Throughout the year, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I haven't been the last few weeks, especially leading up to Christmas. And at the moment, I'm probably getting up around 5.30, 6 o'clock. Love it right now. Need to do something different. But I'm getting to the gym and I'm training at the gym for two hours each day. Love it. Don't get an opportunity to do that all the time. Taking the time out to to do other things. Sleeping. I want to talk to you how important sleep is because sleep has its own separate category. The body and the mind needs to rest and recover. It needs to rebuild. We need to give it time to do that. Chemicals in the body have roles to play. Certain chemicals and actions happen when we sleep. That recovery, that rebuilding process of the body, the cells. We need to rest for that rebuild in our body to happen, for the cells to divide and multiply and renew so that we can perform the way that we want to perform the next day. If we don't sleep... We can't do that. We can't perform the way that we want to perform. What used to really frustrate me, and I still hear it in certain podcast shows that I listen to and so on, the gurus will say, you know, and they'll pride themselves on working for, you know, four hours, uh, sorry, sleeping just for four hours, and then they keep pushing through. They work late through the night. They get up early in the morning and they go, 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 go. 
But what happens when your get up and go, go, go has got up and went? It leaves you behind. You will feel drained. You won't be able to function the way that you want to. And guarantee it, you'll be like, yeah, Tiff, sure, I can keep going. You, you, you can't. Machines break down. They need to have maintenance done on, their, on, on them. We need to make sure that we provide maintenance for our bodies. Time out. Sleep. Do other things. Rest. Not lay around, but do something different. Go and read a book. Do something completely different. Give your body time to recover. Give your mind time to recover. Because I've done the late nights and the early mornings. And it catches up with you. Too exhausted to function. Too exhausted to think straight. What's the point of that? How, do, how, can, that, how can that happen? Even last year that would happen to me. I wouldn't be able to sleep because I was so excited about what I was going to do the next day. I'd be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd be in the gym. Work my butt off all day because high on energy. Great. Loved it. Can't sustain it though. Next that, that next evening, crashed and burned. Had to go to bed early. Exhausted. Mentally. Physically. It's learning how to manage ourselves. But aren't you better to have good time out, good rest with adequate, adequate sleep so that when you bound out of bed the next day full of energy, full ready to take on the day, isn't that better than something versus oh, so exhausted, been up all night, had a couple of hours sleep, drag yourself out of bed and hope that you can get through the day? I know which one I'd prefer. But what about you? Which one would you prefer? Notice here I've only mentioned time out in the sense of sleep though. I've mentioned some time out in, in doing some different things as well. But I've spent a lot of time talking about re-energizing yourself in the sense of sleep. This is daily, isn't it really? But we also need to think about the time out that we have as time out to reconnect with family and friends, people we really care about. Because it's the same in you having a relationship with yourself, giving yourself that time out, giving yourself that self-care that it needs. You also need to ensure that you're spending that quality time with people that you care about other than you. Because if you neglect them, those other people in your life, you will lose them. The relationships will suffer. If you neglect your mind, if you neglect your body, they will both suffer. And I will admit to you that time out is always a work in progress for me because being a high achiever, you want to keep going. You do. I love those times when I was getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. Boundless energy, high, high on energy, head buzzing, super efficient, love it. But if we're smart, if we plan correctly, absolute exhaustion. I see that with people at the gym. They just keep going and they go and they go. And then they disappear for a while because they're exhausted. 
I've been like that too. But I don't want you to feel worn out and tired because you've had to push through. So if you take time out, if you manage yourself correctly, you won't feel worn out and tired. Yes, you'll have pushed yourself, but you'll know where to push. You'll have been sensible about it. You'll have been smart about it. You'll have a plan in place. And, you know, I do feel guilty about taking time out. When you work for yourself, you do, because you know if you don't get things done, it doesn't happen. But when I take the time out, like over Christmas, I've said it before, taking some time out. I've appreciated the break. Because over this past week, this past Christmas New Year period, I'm glad I've forced myself to take a break because I don't feel as mentally foggy. I'm feeling so much clearer. Incredibly important. Can't stress to you enough how important time out is in lots of different ways. So when you're putting a plan together, make sure you have a time out plan in place. Number 10, how to publish a book. Yep, this was the the thing that was really helped me get my book out there, focus how to reach your potential in sport, business and life as I released it just over uh, November 2019. It was the process of what it really entailed because my understanding, simple. This is simple. I keep everything nice and simple. My understanding was to write it, get it edited, get it proofread, then publish it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But all the behind the scenes work that needs to be done, I didn't really realize that. And and that's what starts to happen. When you take action on things, the path unfolds, everything starts to show you what needs to be done. So yeah, you know what? I wrote the book. It only took me six weeks to write it because I had developed a template. So I learned how to do that. But the, the things that took much longer, and that was the process throughout the year, was that I had to get advice on how to sell, whether I'd self-publish or traditionally publish the book. I'd have to get it edited and proofread. Lots of rereading, lots of edits, lots of going through the book cover to cover, what, word by word. I was going through word by word from the proofreader. Then I needed the picture of the cover. I had to come up with a title and a subtitle. I had to come up with what I was going to put on the back cover, what the back cover was going to look like, what kind of information needed to go on the back cover. Then the font, the layout of the chapters, the size of the book. What to do in the process when you get held back. Things aren't working in the way that you want them to, when people let you down. How to communicate the messages effectively to get that final completion of the book in place. There was so much behind the scenes that you don't see. You just think, oh yeah, I've written a book and it's published. There's so much more behind that. But the great thing is, is now I've done it. Now I know the process. So there's a lot of lessons there, isn't there, throughout this 2019. And, and like I said, these were probably the top 10 lessons. 
So I'm just going to quickly go through them again. So number one, signed up for learning. Number two, everything is a process. You've got to play your dues. Number three, being patient. Number four, be a listener, not a talker. Number five, the power of outcomes. Number six, crafting structure. Number seven, game plans. Number eight, the magic unfolds when you take action. Number nine, time out. And number 10, how to publish a book. So many lessons for 2019. Those were just the top 10. But what about you? What are the lessons that you have learned? Because I want to hear from you. What were your lessons for 2019? What are you going to take into 2020 and beyond? What are you going to leave behind in 2019? So if you would love to share your lessons learned with me, I would love to hear them from you. So you can leave a comment wherever you hear hear this episode. You can send me an email, tiff at tiffany-mika.com. Love to hear what those lessons are, what you learned from that. Because we've got to get ready for 2020, haven't we? Because coming up in the next episode, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be planning the decade of what we're going to do. So I look forward to hearing from you. And I want you to dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams. Take care. Talk soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you haven't yet downloaded the number one deadly mistake athletes make, make sure you go to tiffany-mica.com and download the number one deadly mistake athletes make. Share with me what you like best about what you heard in the comments section wherever you hear this episode. Share with your friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes. And please leave a five-star review wherever you hear these episodes. I would really appreciate it. Dream big, believe in you, go after your dreams, have an absolutely awesome day.